Hello and welcome to another message of the Latter Rain Ministries, where we are dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. As always, we hope that our ministry is helping you to get closer to the Lord by helping you understand better His ways. If you have any questions or just need some prayer, please feel free to contact us through our website at www.thelatterrain.org. We'll be glad to help. We would also like to make you aware that our English audio messages are now available as podcasts through iTunes. Please look for us in the Apple iTunes Store under Podcasts as The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. We hope this will make it easier for you to stay tuned to our ministry. And now, as part of today's look into God's Word, we'll be going through Proverbs chapter 25. We'll be looking at some more godly wisdom that applies to different circumstances and situations and explain the aspects of each of them. Please join us for a few minutes as we listen in to today's sharing of God's Word. Let's take a moment to pray together, to seek the Lord's direction and understanding in what He wants for us to take in today. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, I praise You and I worship You, O Lord, for Your goodness and Your mercy. Thank You, O Lord, for Your Son, Jesus Christ, for the salvation and and forgiveness that we find through Him. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O Lord, that You please... uh, Guide us through your word, through your Holy Spirit, O God. We pray for your direction. We pray for your understanding. We pray for open hearts and minds. We pray that everything may be your ministry, your direction, your word. Heavenly Father, please touch our hearts and help us, O Lord, to just be open to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today we'll be looking at Proverbs chapter 25, and this is what his word says. These also are Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. As the heavens for height and the earth for depth, so the heart of kings is unsearchable. Take away the dross from silver, and it will go to the silversmith for jewelry. Take away the wicked from before the king, and his throne will be established in righteousness. Do not exalt yourself in the presence of the king, and do not stand in the place of the great. For it is better that he say to you, Come up here, than that you should be put lower in the presence of the prince, whom your eyes have seen. Do not go hastily to court, for what will you do in the end, when your neighbor has put you to shame? Debate your case with your neighbor, and do not disclose the secret to another lest he who hears it expose your shame and your reputation be ruined. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. Like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise rebuker to an obedient ear. Like the cold of snow in time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him, for he refreshes the soul of his masters. Whoever falsely boasts of giving is like clouds and wind without rain. By long forbearance, a ruler is persuaded, and a gentle tongue breaks a bone. Have you found honey? Eat only as much as you need. 
lest you be filled with it and vomit. Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house, lest he become weary of you and hate you. A man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a club, a sword, and a sharp arrow. Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a bad tooth and a foot out of joint. Like one who takes away a garment in cold weather, and like vinegar on soda, is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For so you will heap coals of fire on his head, and the Lord will reward you. The north wind brings forth rain, and a backbiting tongue and angry countenance. It is better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman. As cold water to a weary soul, so is good news from a far country. A righteous man who falters before the wicked is like a murky spring and a polluted well. It is not good to eat much honey, so to seek one's own glory is not glory. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. We'll be looking at different things throughout this chapter and highlight what some of these different things mean and how they apply. So we'll be going to at a few pieces at a time. The part that we'll look at first is verses 2 and 3 where it says again, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. As the heavens for height and the earth for depth, so the heart of kings is unsearchable. What does this mean? Well, not everything in this life, and especially those things that pertain to God's kingdom, are not necessarily clear. And there's a very good reason for it. God's intention with a lot of things, especially those of great value, is to somehow conceal them so that only those that truly desire Him find them. We have to remember that everything in this life and our personal decisions are based on free will which means that He desires for us to actively look for Him, not because we're forced to, but because we desire earnestly to look for Him. The concept of love applies here. In love, there is no obligation, no room for ill will or forced relationships. Love is all voluntary. Blaise Pascal, the brilliant mathematician, tried to explain it in this way. In faith, there is enough light for those who want to believe and enough shadows to blind those who don't. So, spiritual royalty, if you will, is defined and established as a result of the earnest desire and love exhibited by a person, as a person seeks for God's wisdom and understanding. Basically, if you love and search for the Lord, that love and search will make you a person of very high esteem before the Almighty, and that is open to anyone who truly desires to know the Lord and His ways. The Apostle John wrote this in Revelations chapter 1 about this concept where it says, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from Him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before His throne and from Jesus Christ the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. 
So it is God's desire to make us into kings and priests. And that is what we will become if we truly seek after Him. God's desire is not for us to barely make it into heaven, but that we are firmly ready for what is coming. The Bible in different places explains that positions of great authority will be granted to His people in the kingdom that He will establish in the afterlife. So the concept that we are trying to play here about harps and clouds is completely false. We are to start to prepare for eternity and the divine responsibility that will come then here and now. Depending on what you do here and now is what will determine where you will be and what you will become later on. Let's continue down verses 4 and 5 where it says again, Take away the dross from silver and it will go to the silversmith for jewelry. Take away the wicked from before the king, and his throne will be established in righteousness. What is dross? It's the worthless stuff that is found together with precious metals like silver. In order to become of great value to God through Jesus Christ, we need to allow ourselves to be purified. So it is very clear that coming to Christ and getting to God's purposes for our lives are two very different things. When we come to Christ, when we convert to Him or are born again, that is only the beginning. It's the start. But in order to get to God's true purposes for our life, we need to continue following down the path. We need to follow and continue being transformed by the Holy Spirit through His Word. Like silver, we need to be cleaned and purified so we can become as valuable as possible. So if we let Him take away the garbage out of our life, we become people of preeminence in the kingdom of God and our thrones will be established our eternal reign. The opposite is also true. If we don't allow for change and transformation in our lives, if we don't follow the path and allow for the garbage to be taken out, then we will not achieve God's true purpose for our lives. We always need to remember that everything especially following Christ, is subject to free will. God will not force anyone to continue following Him. He only provides the circumstances so that the path is accessible, but only if it is your desire to look for Him and for the things of His kingdom. Now let's look at verses 6-7. through seven. Do not exalt yourself in the presence of the King and do not stand in the place of the great. For it is better that he say to you, Come up here, than you should be put lower in the presence of the prince whom your eyes have seen. As part of this journey to become spiritual royalty, we are taught to be humble, and this works with both God and men. Pride does not help with anything. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2 says, When pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. So when you are proud, sooner or later, shame will come into the picture for you. That is guaranteed. But when we are humble, when we then, and only then, find wisdom and become wise. 1 Peter chapter 5 says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. So if you want to be resisted by God, then be proud. But if you want to find God's grace and you want to be exalted in due time, then humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. 
then and only then will you experience the greatness of God in your life in a very personal and real way. Otherwise, you will not find any kind of grace and your self-destruction is eminent, not because it is God's desire for your life, but rather because you did not have the desire to yield to the Almighty. No matter what we think, God's position never changes. It is unmoved by our pride. God is God, and that's the reality we should come to realize for our own good. So now let's continue with verses 8 through 10. It says, Do not go hastily to court for what you will do in the end when your neighbor has put you to shame. Debate your case with your neighbor and do not disclose the secret to another, lest he who hears it expose your shame and your reputation be ruined. Here we are taught to know how to deal with our issues wisely. It is unwise for anyone to just jump to conclusions or think that we're in the right all of the time. We need to look at everything that happens in our lives as objective as possible before we go ahead and react and do something regrettable. We need to replay the movie, if you will, over and over to see what truly happened, what went wrong, and then try to resolve our issue with someone. We should always remember that there are always two sides to everything and that the truth or the solution is usually somewhere in the middle. So for our own sake, so that we don't come out even more damaged than we already are, we need to consider what happened and wisely go from there. It's not wise to throw stones if you're living in a glass house. I'm sure you've heard that saying before. It's really not wise to throw stones at all, no matter how right you think you might be. Jesus also said this when he was challenged by the religious to pass judgment on the adulterous woman. He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And if we recall the story, not a single person was left to stone the woman. Only Jesus was there, and rightfully so, because even though he was perfect and had all the right to judge and punish, he showed his grace, his mercy, and his forgiveness when he told the woman that he didn't accuse her either, but to go and sin no more, to take advantage of the new opportunity she found in him. So for your own sake, be very careful, and don't just react to things, even if it seems like you are in the right. Now let's slide down to verse 16, because this seems to need some explanation. Have you found honey? Eat only as much as you need, lest you be filled with it and vomit. Now what does this mean? Honey is something that is considered sweet, delightful, and nutritious, so it's something good. There is nothing wrong with honey in general. However, what we are taught here is that moderation is a wise thing, even when things are good. Too much of a good thing can also be a problem. So no one is saying here to get rid of honey or to avoid it or not to enjoy it. If you find something good, enjoy it. Take advantage of the opportunity. That is perfectly fine, but don't overindulge in it. And why is that? Because when you overindulge in something, even if it's something good, chances are that the thing you found good once upon a time, you will then grow tired of it, and that will lose its value, or it can also become misused. Let's elaborate a little furthermore. As humans, we have the tendency of taking good things for granted. Quite frankly, we take too much for granted. Our very sinful nature doesn't many times allow for us to even see 
and appreciate the wonderful things God does for us every single day at every moment. To start, who worries or even gives thanks to God for the world not spinning out of control and into oblivion? Who thanks God for the sun we see, the heat we have from it, the structure we depend on, all of which are His doing? If you sit and think for a few minutes on just cosmic things, things that affect your very existence, you will understand the incredible and sizable things you take for granted. And so if you get used to something that is good, it is more than likely that you will get tired of it and not appreciate it anymore. It will be one more thing that is taken for granted. We are very ungrateful people if we just think about it for a few minutes. The other thing that can go wrong is when something is good or that blessing can be turned into something bad is by misusing it or abusing it or overindulging. We may come under its power as opposed to God being in control of us. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 says, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. So we are free to do anything we want to, especially to enjoy good things. However, we cannot allow ourselves to be controlled by or be brought under the power of anything. The Lord is always supposed to be in first place. He is supposed to be running our lives as the Lord He is, as the Lord He needs to be in your life so things do work out. But here is where blessings can become problems. Let's go through some very practical examples. Let's say you have a great marriage, and very few people can say that. That's a great thing and a very difficult thing to have, especially these days. But enjoy it. It's a blessing. However, your marriage cannot become the focal point of your life, the reason for why you live life. Your wife or your husband should not become your everything. And why is that? Because if God is taken out of that first place in either of the two people, then Satan will step in and destroy the blessing you have, guaranteed. God must be first within a marriage so the marriage can truly work as it was intended and created by God Himself. People did not invent marriage. The Lord created it. Remember that God made Adam and Eve and He brought them together. Now here's another example. Let's say God has blessed you with a good career and you're able to make a good living. That is a blessing. Not many people like what they do nor can have anything that they need, no matter how hard they work. Many people just get by in their attempt to survive and quite actually, statistically speaking, according to the World Bank in 2015, it was estimated that about 10% of the world's population was in extreme poverty, living on less than $1.90 per day. Try renting a place, having working electricity and running water, buying clothing and food while earning less than $1.90 a day. It's impossible. But nonetheless, if your career takes first place in your life, or the things you get for yourself takes first place, then something that is good is turned into something bad. If you like your job, enjoy it. Work hard, but don't overdo it. Your job cannot become the focus or the reason for your existence. 
Enjoy the things you have as a result of your hard work. But don't let those things become idols in your life and don't forget to help those who truly need help. God always needs to have first place in your life for your own good. Because if the Lord is not first, if He is not truly the Lord of your life, then there can only be one other thing that fills that void, and that is sin. Every single void that God does not fill will get filled by something that is opposed to God. That's the truth. That's the way of the universe, at least for the moment. That's why we need to be careful. If God is not running our lives, then something else is running our lives. And it doesn't matter how good that other thing may be. That thing could have even been a blessing granted by God. But if we are not careful, we can turn God's blessings into spiritual deterrence. It's very easy to turn blessings into idols. And when that happens, sooner or later, you will come to despise it. But it is not the blessing's fault if that happens. It's your fault. That's what we have to keep in mind. It's your doing. It's our doing. We are the ones that can turn good things into bad things, depending on how we treat them. So we need to be careful. And finally, let's jump down to verse 28. Every single verse is truly great insight, but we can only go through so much. And also, you need to discover some of this stuff on your own as part of your own search for God's truth. But nonetheless, let's see verse 28, where it says, Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. This is probably the greatest lesson we could receive, and we can go for days and days on this. What we understand here is the importance of self-control. Self-control is something that people just don't want to have nowadays. It's a free-for-all. And it's no surprise because we live in a society that generally pushes you to just let go, to seek out for those things that you might feel inside and not the good things necessarily. They're telling us to just go crazy. Whatever sensation we want to feel, to just seek after it. Whatever tendency we may have, to just explore it. Don't leave any stone unturned or anything undone. Experience everything you can and to the fullest of your abilities. And that, my friends, goes against every single thing the Word of God teaches. That's why we as believers and followers of Christ cannot allow ourselves to be led by the world system because that system is there with only one purpose, to lead you straight to hell and as quickly as possible. It's the fast lane to perdition. We always always, always have to remember that Satan is all evil and that sin is his primary agent to get you to follow him. And when you understand that Satan is all evil, then you understand that you need to just stay away. When Christ comes into your life, he makes you truly free. You are no longer a slave to the sin that still resides within you. Through Christ, through the guidance and power of the Holy Spirit, and the knowledge of His Word, you are free to overcome the power of sin. You just need to exercise self-control by putting your weaknesses before the Lord, by letting Him guide you and strengthen you. It is possible to overcome absolutely anything in this world, even the evil desires that you may still have within you. So when the world tells you that you cannot do it, 
when the devil whispers to you that it is impossible, those are all lies. You can do it. The Bible teaches us that self-control is part of the fruit of the Spirit, the very thing that attests to the fact that you truly belong to the Lord. Galatians chapter 5 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So you have a sound mind when you have self-control. So when you are abiding in Christ, you are 100% free to choose for what is right. And you have all of the abilities and power to overcome anything in your life, whether it is fear, addiction, lust, absolutely anything and everything that is within your free will. But if you don't have rule over your own spirit, then we are vulnerable to any and all attack from the world and the evil one himself. You have no defense. You have no protection. And when you are defenseless, evil will destroy you. Satan is a thief. And Jesus warned us that this is Satan's only purpose. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. So if you don't have your own self-control, your own sound mind in Christ, then the enemy will come to steal from you, to kill you and to destroy you. I heard this once and I found it very wise. When you understand the nature of a thing, you know what it's capable of. So if you understand who and what your enemy is, then you will know all the things he is capable of and you will also understand that it is imperative and critical that you rely on God and on His wisdom for every single thing in your life. This chapter within itself is full of great godly advice and wisdom, like everything that is contained within the pages of the Bible. That is why I cannot urge you enough to dedicate time each day to seek God's wisdom and understanding, for in doing so, like we discussed at the beginning, when we look for the Lord and apply His ways to our lives, we can truly become something special in the kingdom of God. And we can uncover the wisdom of the ages, that which brings eternal life for us and prepares us for things here, but more importantly, for that eternal life and purpose we find through Jesus Christ in the afterlife. And in our search for God's truth, we need to allow ourselves to be cleaned from the sin that lives within our members. We, at the very least, need to bring everything we are under the dominion of the Holy Spirit by establishing Jesus Christ as the true Lord of our lives. But that all happens when we are truly humble before our God and when we allow for Him to have first place, that preeminence in our lives. When we allow the Lord to truly be the Lord of our lives, then and only then will we experience God in a very personal and real manner, in a way that only He can manifest Himself. Jesus is God, but you will never experience the Lord and all of His greatness until there is full and complete surrender and submission to Him. Let's pray. 
Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you, O Lord. Hallowed and glorified be your name, King of kings and Lord of lords. Heavenly Father, thank you for everything that you teach us, O Lord. Thank you, O Lord, because you desire to make us a part of you, a part of you things, because you want to make us truly special and different people. And Heavenly Father, your desire, Lord God, is to just do great things in our lives. But Lord, your desire is also that it all happens because of love, that it's not something forced, that it's not something that we have to do it, Lord God, but that we want to do it because we've come to understand through and through that you are Lord, that you are God, and that you love us, and that you only desire what is good for our lives. Heavenly Father, help us, O Lord, to be able to to rely on you, to trust in you, and to let you be the Lord that you need to be for our own good, for our own blessing, Heavenly Father. Help us, O Lord, to know how to, how to live our lives wisely, Heavenly Father, so that we can bring you honor and glory, and so that we can be blessed, and at the same time, we can bless others around us, Lord God. Because when we rely on you, and when we do those things that please you, we do things that are good before your eyes and also help everyone around us. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks again because you are truly good, because you are truly kind, and because of just the great plans that you have for each and every one of us. I pray, Lord God, for each person that's listening. I pray, Heavenly Father, that they may just cling on to you and hold on to you and seek after you so that, Lord God, that they can they can have those wonderful things that you want for them because you are such a loving God and you love each and every one of us so much that you want to do great and impressive and just unfathomable things in our lives. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that. Help us, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue studying God's Word and Please feel free to write to us through our website if you have any questions or just need some prayer. Our web address again is www.thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.